بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم we continue the uh, class on the salah described and uh, we have reached the point where the musalli the person performing the salah after the second rak'ah with its ruku' and its sujood will sit for the first tashahud will sit for the first tashahud and this applies to the salah in three ruku' or the salah in four rak'ah however this tashahud will be the last in terms of the salah with two rak'ah as to the way of sitting he will sit in a state called iftirash this state is called iftirash and we described it he lays his left foot along the ground and sits on it while the right foot upright pointing its toes towards the qibla pointing its toes towards the qibla as to the positions of his hands the sunnah indicates the permissibility to lay the hands on the thighs the tipping the tips of his fingers by his knees meaning at the edge of the knees and the other the other way is to grasp the knee with the left hand and putting the right hand at the front of the thigh so we have two positions then now when performing the tashahud one way is to clutch the little finger with the ring with the ring finger and the thumb with the middle one keeping the index the index finger straight not clutched this is one way there is another way to clutch the little and the ring and the middle also clutching with them the thumb while leaving the index finger straight this refers to the manner of the fingers in the right hand as to the left hand the fingers are normally stretched and together 
on the thigh and one manner is to have the tips of the fingers of the left hand by the knees and the other is to grasp the knee with the left hand now with the with respect to the index finger it the the musalli points with it in his tashahud from the time he begins until the end the reason behind the pointing with the index finger is the remembrance of Allah and the scholars differed as to what constitutes the meaning of the remembrance of Allah in this situation it is said that this is at the time when the mentioning of the title Allah so if you say At-Tahiyyatu Lillah you point and you say As-Salamu Alayka Ayyuhal Nabi Wa Rahmatullah again the title Allah now is mentioned so you point As-Salamu Alayna Wa Ala Ibadillah and so Ibadillah you point Ashhadu An La Ilaha Illa Allah you point this is in the first tashahud and the complete tashahud Allahumma salli you point Allahumma barik and then with the dua a'udhu billahi min azabi jahannam you point this is one saying another saying is that what is intended by the dhikr of Allah is the particular dhikr which is la ilaha illallah so according to this saying there is only one pointing when you say la ilaha illallah in the tashahud this is the these are the differences amongst the scholars concerning this matter the other opinion is that he points with it when he makes the dua so whenever there is a dua in the tashahud this opinion is that you point according to this opinion then you point with the dua so when you say assalamu alayka ayyuhan nabi you point because assalam comes to mean dua this is telling that you are asking safety and this is dua as-salam when you say as-salamu alayna also this is a pointing place Allahumma salli ala Muhammad this is dua so you point Allahumma barik ala Muhammad this is dua so you point a'udhu billahi min azabi jahannam this is dua so you point wa min azabi al-qabr oh, this is another place where you point وَمِنْ فِتْنَةِ الْمَحْيَا وَالْمَمَاتِ So you point. All of this we will discuss the meaning later, but just to go with the, the matter of pointing now. وَمِنْ فِتْنَةِ الْمَسِيحِ الدَّجَّالِ This is another dua, so you point. So every time you make a dua, you point upward. Because the one you are invoking, the one you are invoking is up. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala above. This is 
the third opinion and the fourth opinion is that you point and you move it strongly from the beginning to the end from the beginning of the tashahud till the end of the tashahud now we'll go over the at-tahiyyat so what you say here there are different wording for the tahiyyat there are different wording for the tahiyyat the most authentic of which is that reported by Abdullah bin Mas'ud and in it the Musalli says At-Tahiyyatu Lillah At-Tahiyyatu Lillah Saying while contemplating in one's heart And this Tahiyyat means all greetings And it is a magnification Every term of magnification is itself a greeting every term of magnification is itself a greeting a tahiyya each and every tahiyya belongs only to Allah so no one deserves the absolute tahiyyat except Allah Azza wa Jal as to the individuals, to the humans, it is permissible for one to greet another one in a manner of particularization, not in the absolute sense. So if you say to someone, لَكَ تَحِيَّاتِي You have my greetings. مَعَ التَّحِيَّةِ With my greeting. There is no harm in this. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in Surah An-Nisa 4.86 وَإِذَا حُيِّيْتُمْ بِتَحِيَّةٍ فَحَيُّوا بِأَحْسَنَ مِنْهَا أَوْ رُدُّوهَا When you are greeted with a greeting, greet in return with that, with what is better than it, or at least return it equally. Certainly Allah is our a careful account, taker of all things. Now if someone says, is Allah in need that we greet him? Is Allah in need that we greet him? The answer is no. The answer is no. But he deserves all magnification. So I magnify him because I need that not because he needs it and the benefit is for me قال الله تعالى in Surah Al-Zumar in 39 verse 7 in takfuru fa inna Allah ghaniyun if you disbelieve then verily Allah is not in need of you he likes not disbelief for his slaves. And if you are grateful by being believers, he is pleased therewith for you. 
Then, after At-Tahiyyat, one says, Was-Salawat. Was-Salawat. This is comprehensive. Covers everything that is called Salah legally and linguistically. Covers everything that is called Salah legally or linguistically. So all the Salawat truly are to Allah. No one deserves them except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And similarly the dua and similarly the dua, the invocation. Allah deserves all of that. قال الله تعالى in Surah Ghafir chapter 40 verse 60 وقال ربكم ادعوني استجب لكم إن الذين يستكبرون عن عبادتي سيدخلون سيدخلون جهنم داخرين and your Lord said invoke me and ask for anything I will respond to your invocation verily those who scorn my worship they don't invoke me and don't believe in my oneness they will surely enter hell in humiliation so all the salawats their fard and their nafil their fard their obligatory ones and their optional ones are for Allah Azza wa Jal and similarly all the invocations he deserves that totally what tayyibat what tayyibat a tayyibat has two meanings first that which is related to Allah and the second is that which is related to the actions of the slaves as to the first one related to Allah Azza wa Jal then to him belongs all the good attributes At-Tayyibat refers to good and therefore with respect to Allah Lahu min al-awsafi atyabuha to him belongs all the good attributes and from the actions as well and from the sayings as well قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم the Prophet ﷺ said إن الله طيب Allah is good meaning لا يقول إلا الطيب he does not say except that which is good and does not do except that which is good and is not qualified except with that which is good so he is good in regard to his self his attributes and his actions and also with respect to his slaves to him belongs all of their good actions and deeds قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم 
لا يقبل إلا طيبا he accepts nothing except that which is good because the طيب the good لا يليق به إلا الطيب deserves nothing but good وقد قال الله تعالى الله سبحانه وتعالى said in سورة النور in chapter 24 verse 26 الخبيثات للخبيثين والخبيثون للخبيثات والطيبات للطيبين والطيبون للطيبات bad statements or for bad people are for bad people or bad women for bad men and bad people for bad statements or bad men for bad women good statements are for good people or good women for good men and good people for good statements or good women for good women or good men for good women such good people are innocent of each and every bad statement which they say for them is forgiveness and generous provision in paradise this is the sunnah of Allah so do we bring to our minds when we say at-tayyibatu lillah do we contemplate the meanings or we just say it as words of praise without pondering most people are just like that they mention them without thinking about their meaning and contemplating that when they say at-tayyibat we don't contemplate that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is tayyib, is good in himself and his actions and his attributes and his sayings and that what fits him is only that which is good and that what, accept, what he accepts is only that which is good and the opposite of the good is the khabith, is the evil, is the wicked and that which is not tayyib nor wicked and as to that which originates or comes done by the creatures yes some of it is tayyib some of it is evil and wicked and some which is not like that but what is the thing which ascends to Allah what is the thing which ascends to Allah the thing which ascends to Allah are the good words and good actions are the good words and good actions قال الله تعالى in Surah Fatir chapter 35 verse 10 إليه يصعد إليه يصعد الكلم الطيب والعمل الصالح يرفعه to him ascend all the goodly words and the righteous deeds exalted and that which is not tayyib remains does not ascend to him subhanahu wa ta'ala so this is the meaning of al-tayyibat then as-salamu alayka ayyuhal nabi as-salamu alayka As-salamu alayka As-salam One meaning 
is that this refers to one of the names of Allah that this refers to one of the names of Allah because in the hadith the Prophet ﷺ said in the hadith reported in Bukhari and Muslim إِنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ السَّلَامِ Verily Allah is a salam as also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in Surah Al-Hashr 59 23 He is Allah than whom there is no that there is no other true God except Him and the one who is free of all defects As-Salam what does it mean here therefore As-Salam upon the Prophet it means Allah is the one who takes care of him so it is as if we are saying now As-Salamu Alayka meaning that Allah is the one who is caring for you preserving you and the like this is one meaning the second meaning that as-salam is an infinitive noun from salam meaning taslim like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying in surah al-ahzab 33-56 So what Allah sends His Salah on the Prophet and also His angels وَسَلِّمُوا تَسْلِيمًا the next verse all you believe send your salah ask Allah to bless him and you should greet salute him with the Islamic way of greeting what does it mean here sallimu <coughs> taslima this means we invoke Allah to render the prophets alayhi salatu wassalam save <coughs> from every defect to render the Prophet save from every defect now if someone if someone says therefore this dua may be relevant during the time when the Prophet was alive and this would be clear however after his death then how is it that we invoke Allah to save him from every defect while he died alayhi salatu wassalam the answer is that the invocation of salama of safety and render him free from all defects and security is not limited to his to the time when he was alive because there will be on the day of resurrections there will be horror times 
And that's why the invocation of the messengers, when they pass over the bridge, when they pass over the bridge which is set above hell, they will invoke Allah saying, Allahumma sallim, Allahumma sallim. O oh Allah, have safety upon us, render us safe, render us safe. So the person is not finished with, <coughs> when it comes with fears and, and defects when he dies. This is not the end. <coughs> So therefore, we invoke Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the messenger to be safe from all defects and from also from the horror times of the day of resurrection. Yet still also we could say that this may also have a more general meaning in the sense that we invoke Allah to preserve the Sharia and the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ from the manipulations and mocking of the offenders and the wicked. Just as the ulama rahimahumullah mentioned concerning the meaning of the verse in Surah An-Nisa, chapter four. Verse 59 فَرُدُّوهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ Oh, you believe, obey Allah and obey the Messenger and those of you Muslims who are in authority and if you differ in anything amongst yourself or yourselves then refer it to Allah and His Messenger وسلم. they said here refer it to Allah and His Messenger they said refer it to Him والسلام, while He was alive and to His Sunnah after His death and to his sunnah after his death. Now, is this address of Assalamu alayka? Is this address to the Messenger والسلام, like the address of people with each other? The answer is no. Had it been like this, it will invalidate the salah. Because in this salah, this salah must not involve anything from the sayings of the children of Adam. However, it is like what Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah mentioned in his book, Iqtida'u al-Sirat al-Mustaqim, following the straight path. He said, لِقُوَّةِ اسْتِحْضَارِكَ لِلرَّسُولِ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامِ حِينَ السَّلَامِ حِينَ السَّلَامِ عَلَيْهِ كَأَنَّهُ أَمَامَكَ تُخَاطِبُهُ he said, it is because of your strong calling to mind of the Messenger والسلام, it is as if he is in front of you addressing him. And that's why the Sahaba used to say, Assalamu alaik, while he doesn't listen to them, he doesn't hear them. And they say, Assalamu alaik, while they are in one country and he is in another place. And so we say, Assalamu alaik, while we a certain country other than the country which in which he died and he already والسلام, died so this is when you say assalamu alaik 
the believer makes a strong calling to the mind of the messenger والسلام, as if he is in front of him addressing him <coughs> although there is another report in Sahih al-Bukhari from Abdullah bin Mas'ud that after the Prophet والسلام, death the companions used to say Assalamu ala nabi Salam be upon the Prophet ورحمه Warahmatullah Warahmatullah This is the term Rahmatullah is adjoined grammatically to the term Assalam and when Ar-Rahma is adjoined to Assalam or Al-Maghfira seeking forgiveness it will have a specific meaning and if it comes singular it will have a different meaning so when it is adjoined to al-maghfira or adjoined to as-salam then the meaning is then the meaning of rahma would be and then the meaning would be ma يحصل به المطلوب that by which what is sought is attained this would be the rahma this would be the meaning if it comes adjoined with al-maghfira or with as-salam then the meaning is that by which what is sought is attained and then al-maghfira and as-salam would mean that by which what is feared is removed or lifted if it comes singular not adjoined then it covers both meanings so therefore after you invoked Allah to, to you invoked Allah for the messenger to render him safe from and his sharia and his message to render all of that safe you invoked Allah to have mercy upon him why? to attain what is sought and to ward off and remove what is feared وَبَرَكَاتُ وَبَرَكَاتُ السلام عليك أيها النبي ورحمة الله وبركاته Barakatu is the plural of baraka which means abundant good al-baraka the growth and amplification of everything which is good so what are the barakat we seek from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the Prophet alayhi salatu after his death in his life it could be his food, his clothing, his family etc what about the barakah after his death 
This would be to increase his followers and to increase the actions that are considered as legal worships. So therefore, we invoke Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have his blessings, barakat upon the Messenger وسلم, and this to increase his followers and to increase the actions of his followers in righteousness. Because every righteous deed done by the followers of the Messenger وسلم, then he receives the like of their reward until the day of resurrection. Until the day of resurrection. Some of those who love the Messenger وسلم, they send him offerings. They send the Prophet والسلام, offerings. Like when they sit and finish the recitation of the Quran, they say we sent this to the Prophet and then sometimes you see them doing they recite the Fatiha and they send they, we say, they say we sent the Fatiha to the Prophet and they like we say this is from Bid'ah this is from Bid'ah this is from innovation and misguidance those who offer the worships for the Prophet this is bid'ah, innovation. So we ask those people, do you love the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa more than Abi Bakr? Do you love the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa more than Abi Bakr? If he says yes, we tell him, you lied, you lied, you lied. And if he says no, then we tell him, why didn't Abu Bakr offer these worships or the like of these worships to the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam? So therefore, this is an innovation. So, these actions of worship, if they are legal, then the Messenger وسلم, will receive a reward like yours for doing them. So if you offer your reward to the Messenger, then you will deprive yourself from the reward. Otherwise we know the Messenger will receive the like of your reward whether you offer it or not. Now, we continue. Then, we have read, we have read so far the following. At-tahiyyatu lillah was-salawat wa-tayyibat as-salamu alayka ayyuhal nabi wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh as-salamu alayna as-salamu alayna alayna na na certainly this does not refer to the single person 
but it refers to him and others with him who are the others with him it is said that they, this may include the others who are praying with him and it is said they are the angels and it is said this covers the entire ummah of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the this latter saying is more correct because since we invoke Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have salam of the Prophet save from all defects we also call Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have the same upon us because we are his followers some have said that alayna upon us meaning upon the musalleen those making the salah and the angels but this is opposed in the sense that if the person is praying alone then he doesn't have others praying with him but as to the angels yes they are with him now assalamu alayna then wa ala ibadillahi salihin wa ala ibadillahi salihin Now this is after the particularization earlier وَعَلَيْنَا upon us there is a generalization now covering all the righteous slaves of Allah meaning to have salam upon them upon the righteous slaves of Allah and this refers to every righteous slave in the heavens and on earth dead or alive from the children of Allah from the children of Adam astaghfirullah and the malaika and the angels and the jinn and the slaves of Allah are those who single Allah alone in worship submit to him in obedience to his commands and abstain from the prohibitions and the best and most meritorious title a person could have is to be a slave of Allah and that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam's slavery to him in obedience in three great occasions first during his ascension listen to what Allah referred to him in Surah Al-Isra 17 verse 1 Subhanalladhi asra bi'abdihi bi'abdihi laylan abdihi Glorified and exalted be Allah above all that 
evil they associate with him who Allah who took his slave listen to this who took his slave for a journey by night from the Masjid al-Haram to the farthest mosque in Al-Quds in Jerusalem this is the journey this is the night journey oh, uh, in following this is the Mi'raj is the ascension in 53 verse 10 following this journey the mighty journey the ascension he referred to him so did Allah convey the inspiration to whom? to his to his slave you see that? please put one this is in the highest rank he referred to him as his slave and we know that the mighty journey and the ascension is from the best of the stations of the Prophet ﷺ. yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala referred to him as his slave and this means this is a great honor to be a slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and also he described him in the station of defense defending him in Surah Al-Baqarah chapter 2 verse 23 وَإِن كُنْتُمْ فِي رَيْبٍ مِمَّا نَزَّلْنَا عَلَىٰ عَبْدِنَا عَلَىٰ عَبْدِنَا فَأْتُ بِسُورَةٍ مِّن مِثْلِهِ and if you are in doubt concerning that which we have sent down sent down to our slave so this is defending him and if you are in doubt concerning that which we have sent down to our slave then produce a surah, a chapter of the like thereof and call your witnesses, supporters and helpers beside Allah if you are truthful again a great description equality also he described him with this Ubudiyya, slavery to Allah in the station of sending the revelation and this is a great matter sending the revelation listen to what he referred to him in Surah Al-Furqan 25 verse 1 Tabarak al-lazhi nazzala al-furqana ala abdihi blessed be he Allah who sent down the criterion of right and wrong meaning the Quran to his slave to his slave that he may be a warner to al-alami all mankind and all that exists also in surah al-kahf chapter 18 verse 1 alhamdulillahi alladhi anzala ala abdihi al-kitab all the praises and thanks be to Allah who has sent down to his slave the book So therefore, in conclusion, the most meritorious and most honored quality for a person is to be a slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make this manifest for me and for all of you and for all the believers. To be slaves of Allah, not slaves for our desires. When we hear the command of Allah, we say, سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا We hear and we listen and we obey. And when we also hear the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep away from 
that which is unlawful we ascribe to that and we keep away from it and here in this statement وَعَلَى عِبَادِ اللَّهِ الصَّالِحِينَ the righteous who are the righteous the righteous are the ones who are inwardly and outwardly righteous inwardly their state of the inward is righteous and their state of the outward is righteous the inward the inward righteousness is in ikhlas having the ibadah, the worship sincerely for Allah and the outward is following the messenger these are the righteous ones and the opposite are the corrupt ones, the evil ones either inwardly or outwardly the mushrik is inwardly fasid, corrupt, evil the innovator also is fasid of zahir in the, in the outward why we say this? because some of the mubtadi'ah some of the innovators intend good however outwardly are corrupt because they didn't follow the path set by the messenger alayhi salatu wasalam to reach the good they intend and the mushrik is inwardly fasid corrupt and evil even though he may do some outward outwardly correct deeds like the person who shows off for example like the person who shows off are there slaves of Allah who could be evil ones now we know that all that's in the heavens and the earth are slaves of Allah as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in surah Maryam 1993 but in what sense there is none in the heavens and the earth but comes unto the most beneficent as a slave so the kuffars are the slaves of Allah but what kind of slavery this slavery is the universal one not the legal one the universal as being the created by Allah came to exist by Allah and therefore they are subdued to him by this way the universal one not the legal one because in the legal one they are disobedient they, are, they, they reject Allah or associate partners with him or to his exclusion now this is the reference to the الصالحين. that's why he said وَعَلَىٰ عِبَادِ اللَّهِ الصَّالِحِينَ and upon the righteous slaves of Allah أَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ I bear witness, I testify that there is no true God worthy of worship except Allah and this is the kalima to tawheed the statement of tawheed with which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent all the messengers Allah Ta'ala in Surah Al-Anbiya 21, 25 
وما أرسلنا من قبلك من رسول إلا نوحي إليه أنه لا إله إلا أنا فاعبدون And we did not send any messenger before you but we inspired him saying لا إله إلا أنا There is no true God except me so worship me alone and none else and everything worshipped besides or to the exclusion of Allah is futile, false, even though they may be called as gods. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in Surah Luqman in 31 verse 30, ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الْحَقِّ وَأَنَّ مَا يَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِهِ الْبَاطِلِ that is because Allah he is the truth and that which they invoke besides him is batil, falsehood and that Allah he is the most high, the most great there is nothing more false than these so called gods that people took for worship As, and this is very evident in, 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 in the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called them just mere names, not realities. When he said, إِنْ هِيَ إِلَّا أَسْمَاءٌ سَمَّيْتُمُوهَا أَنْتُمْ وَآبَاؤُكُمْ مَا أَنْزَلَ اللَّهُ بِهَا مِنْ سُلْطَانٍ These are but just names which you have forged, you and your forefathers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent no authority with it. Then the Musalli says, وَأَشْهَدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ Muhammad, I testify that Muhammad وسلم, is Allah's slave and messenger. He is Muhammad bin Abdullah, the son of Abdullah, bin Abdul Muttalib, the son of Abdul Muttalib, Al Qurashi, from the Qurashi tribe and from the Hashimi lineage. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent him to, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the revelation to him while he was in Mecca the most beloved place to him the most beloved place to Allah and he migrated to Medina and he died in it in Medina alayhi salatu wassalam wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluhu abduhu this negates that Muhammad is Allah's partner he is not a partner of Allah because he said وَأَشْهَدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ and that Muhammad is his slave uh, the messenger وسلم, has no share in the kingdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he is a human like us distinguished from us by the revelation which Allah sent him and by that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made him on worship and in, uh, on, on the good manners in fact the Prophet said إِنَّمَا أَنَا بَشَرٌ مِثْلُكُمْ أَنْسَى كَمَا تَنْسَوْنَ I am a human like you I forget like you do and he does not know of the absolute unseen 
as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in Surah Al-An'am, Surah 6 verse 15. قُلْ لَا أَقُولُ لَكُمْ عِنْدِي خَزَائِنُ اللَّهِ وَلَا أَعْلَمُ الْغَيْبَ وَلَا أَقُولُ لَكُمْ إِنِّي مَلَكٍ إِنْ أَتَّبِعُ إِلَّا مَا يُوحَى إِلَيْهِ Say, I don't tell you that with me are the treasures of Allah, nor that I know the unseen. Nor I tell you that I am an angel, I but follow what is revealed to me by inspiration. Say, are the blind and the one who sees equal? Will you not then take thought? And in Surah Al-Jinn in 72, 21 and 22, Allah Ta'ala to him, Say, it is not in my power to cause you harm or to bring you to the right path. Say, none can protect me from Allah's punishment if I were to disobey him, nor should I find refuge except in him. He, sallallahu was the most worshipper, sincere worshipper to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He used to stand the night praying until his feet got swollen. Yet when he was told, لَقَدْ غَفَرَ اللَّهُ لَكَ مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِنْ ذَنْبِكَ وَمَا تَأَخَّرَ But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had forgiven you your past and your future sins. What was his response? فَيَقُولُ أَفَلَا أَحُبُّ أَنْ أَكُونَ عَبْدًا شَكُورًا I would love to be a slave, a thankful slave. as reported in Bukhari and Muslim so he is a slave of Allah not a partner to Allah and then a messenger so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took him as an in between between himself subhanahu wa ta'ala and his creation in conveying the sharia in conveying the sharia only because had it not been for the messenger وسلم, we wouldn't have known how to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so he was a messenger from Allah to the creation and he is the best of the messengers and the final and last one and their imam and that's why when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gathered the prophets and messengers to the messenger والسلام, the night of the ascension he led them in the salah yet he was the final and last one to come as a messenger so we take from these descriptions abduhu wa rasuluhu his slave and his messenger we take from this that two sects went astray two sects went astray the first sect those who thought that the messenger وسلم, has a true share in the lordship and that's why they invoke the messenger alayhi salatu wasalam
and the magnification of the Prophet ﷺ in their heart became more intense than the magnification of Allah Himself. To the extent that when the messenger name is mentioned, their skins would shiver and become softened as if Allah's name was mentioned. And if Allah's name was mentioned, it was just like cool water on their skins. No effect meaning. So these, the people of this sect, commit shirk in the Messenger Wasallam. Rather they make him more magnified than Allah Azza wa Jal, most mighty and most magnificent. This is the first group or first sect. The second, the opposite of this one. Those who belied the messenger. Those who belied him as a messenger. And they, he, and they said, Laysa bi Rasul. He is not a messenger. Either he is a liar concerning the principle of the message. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in Surah 38-24, Surah Sad, وَقَالَ الْكَافِرُونَ هَذَا سَاحِرٌ كَذَّبٌ And the kafirs, they said, this is a magician, a liar. Or, they said that he lied in generalizing the message and making it comprehensive like the Christians and the deceived ones from the Arabs they said Muhammad is a messenger but he is sent to the Arabs that he is sent to the Arabs and the Christians say our messenger is Isa Jesus السلام, and they exceed the limits concerning him until they gave him or attributed divinity to him and the Jews who said on the opposite Isa is a liar billah, the son of a the son of a Zaniya, an adulterist, prostitute, and that he was killed and crucified, and that their prophet is Musa. And in response, we say those who particular, particularize the message of the Prophet ﷺ to the Arabs, we tell them, هَلْ تُؤْمِنُ بِأَنَّهُ رَسُولُ Do you believe that he is a messenger? If he says yes, then we tell him. هَلْ الرَّسُولُ يَكْذِبُ Does the messenger lie? Or do the messenger lie? If he says yes, then his testimony is false. Because the messenger does not lie. 
And if he says no, meaning he does not lie, we say, then read the saying of Allah. In Surah Al-A'raf, in 7, 158, قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا in Surah Al-A'raf So believe in Allah and His Messenger The Prophet who can neither read nor write Who believes in Allah and His words This Quran, the Torah and the Injil And also Allah's word Be, and He was, meaning Isa And follow Him so that you may be guided And so therefore For you to come and try to deceive and pick some unclear verses then in this case you deserve to fall under the description of Allah in Surah Al-Imran in 3 verse 7 فَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ زَيْغٌ فَيَتَّبِعُونَ مَا تَشَابَهَ مِنْهُ ابْتِغَاءَ الْفِتْنَةِ وَابْتِغَاءَ تَأْوِيلِهِ وَمَا يَعْلَمُ تَأْوِيلَهُ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَالْرَاسِخُونَ فِي الْعِلْمِ يَقُولُونَ آمَنَّ بِهِ كُلٌّ مِنْ عِنْدِ رَبِّنَا So as for those in whose hearts there is deviation from the truth, they follow that which is not entirely clear thereof, seeking fitna, polytheism and trials, and seeking for its hidden meanings, but none knows the hidden meanings, save Allah and those who are firmly grounded in knowledge say we believe in it, the whole of it, the clear and the unclear verses are from our Lord Allah and none receive admonition except men of understanding this is what is referred to as the first tashahud in the rak'ahs of three and in the rak'ahs of four but the full tashahud whether it is to be said at the in the sitting after the second rak'ah or not there is ikhtilaf there is difference of opinion amongst the scholars rahimahumullah one opinion that it is not <coughs> recommended to complete the tashahud in this posture in the first one and the other opinion that it is the sunnah and if someone would make salah and upon the Prophet and make complete the tashahud we would not deny it for him we would not deny it for him and if he sticks only to the part which we discussed also we won't deny it for him as well in the next talk inshallah we complete the form of the entire tashahud and explain some other versions of of it inshallah ta'ala
ولله الحمد والمن والمن وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم